In the following live session recording, Lane Lowry, spiritual formation pastor with Warren Baptist Church in Augusta, Georgia, leads in a session entitled, Can My Sunday School Group's Community Make a Difference? And What's My Role in It? When it comes to our Sunday school or group's community, how do we know we are making a difference? In this session for pastors and church leaders, the listener will explore both what to look for and how we can directly impact our group's community. Let's join Lane now. Well, you obviously believe in Sunday school groups, whatever you want to call it. You know, I, uh, we call it life groups at, at Warren. It's Sunday school, it's, it, it, but at the end of the day, whatever you call it, it's groups ministry. And uh, obviously you believe in it or, or you wouldn't be here. I ended our last session with this statement. Um, and, and, I, and I believe this. I, I still believe that the greatest hope our world has is the local church, even more, more specifically the Sunday school or groups ministry. What you do in groups ministry is vitally important. I shared with our, our last group, it radically changed my life. Uh, I was not raised in a Christian home, uh, my wife, nor my wife. Uh, we've come, we come from dysfunctional backgrounds. I never, I didn't know what it was like to have a godly father or a godly mom. Uh, so I had no, no uh, model to, to model my life after. So we got, we got saved and got plugged in at First Baptist Church, Daytona Beach, and their young married Sunday school, and it changed everything. I mean, it changed everything. And I'm grateful for men like Dr. Bob Nipper and Les Coggins, who taught that young married Sunday school, took my wife and myself under, uh, under their wings, if you will, and mentored us and trained us. And uh, it radically changed everything. Uh, I, I, I'm now serving in ministry, uh, and, I, and it's the direct result of the Sunday school. So I'm passionate about this. I, I truly am. I am deeply convicted and convinced that, you're, that our Sunday school and groups of ministry, when done right, when done right, is the very best strategy to reach people, to teach them God's Word, and to minister to their needs. I believe that. Uh, please understand that I, too, value the corporate worship experience. I know that that is a wonderful, wonderful opportunity and a great front door and a great discipleship, place of discipleship. However, I believe it's vital that we have a strong, effective group's ministry and a clear pathway to move people from, um, as they come in the door, to move people from the worship service into a group. Because bottom line, we know that a lot of great stuff can happen in our, in our small group community. So tonight I want to discuss three points. One, why my group's community is worth valuing proactively. I'm thinking of yourselves. You know, if you're serving at a church, uh, why is your group's community worth valuing? And I mean worth valuing proactively. Why do you need to get after it? Why is it important that we pull all the stops? Whatever we got to do to make sure we're moving people from uh, just sitting in the pew. Nothing wrong. I mean, we want them in the pews. We want them hearing the gospel. We want to hear them the message. But we want to get them involved in a community. So why my group's community is worth valuing proactively? What a healthy group's community looks like? And then how can I make my group's community better? That's, that's the goal. So, all right, let's dive in. I want to hear from you first and foremost. Why, why do you feel like, obviously you, it's important to you, or you wouldn't take the weekend, you wouldn't pay money, you wouldn't come here and, and sit through um, these different sessions if this wasn't important to you. So, so why is your group's community worth valuing proactively? If you would, just share a few things you imagine or you hope that people are getting from their small group experience. Pastor, I'm thinking about yourself. You know, as people come in, you're preaching the word to them, you're teaching them. Uh, obviously, I want to hear from everybody, but you know, what do you hope is happening in your group's ministry? I hope they're able to, to flush it out and to live it out and okay. to talk about that and what that means Good. on a day-to-day basis. But it's going to be, it's going to be built around relationships. Mm-hmm. that they have somebody that they can lock in. There's some accountability, there's some encouragement, 
um, but there's a, a teacher there that can fine tune that and to help 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 make the word come to life or, or to help you know bridge those and connect the dots, I guess Amen. if you would. But the the bigger issue is the application. Yeah. How did that? To put some to put some flesh on this. Perfect. Um, Thank you. But it's done in relationships because that's the whole thing. Most people don't have real relationships today yeah. to get past the surface level thing and to find some people to go down that journey together that they can count on. But it's the encouragement and let's let's go there. I like that. That's spot on. Thank you. What else? As you think about the, your your group's ministry at, at your church, what are you what are you hoping is going on in there? What do you imagine and, and hope your people are getting from that? Yeah, I think one thing that I'm learning, and I, I, I passed for 40 years and never did, really did as educated, but I'm learning as I go. Amen. But one thing I'm, I'm seeing and experiencing, one of those, is that they learn how to minister. Because when you learn how to minister, you learn how to bring people in. Amen. But, you know, not only minister to one another, and I see that in some of my groups, especially among the older senior, sure. senior adult groups, and they're reaching out, and believe it or not, at Springfield, those are my fastest growing groups. Those are senior adult groups. Are you serious? I'm serious. That is it's strange. It's incredible. Uh, incredible. Because you know, I got some younger groups too, but Good. my senior citizens, I mean, they just seem like they just reach out. Great. So Pastor said community, you're saying, you know, ministering to each other's needs. Good. Good. What else? If you think about your group's community, what do you hope people are getting from their small group experience? Even your kids. I mean, what, I mean think about the kids you're getting ready to teach space yeah um, a place where they may not be getting at home they may not be being fed physically nor spiritually but wow. um, a safe place that they can just feel loved number one you know adults need that too don't they mm -hmm. come on anybody else As I was preparing this, I, I just sat down and kind of thought to myself, so, well, all right, you know, what do you, what do you want, Lane? I mean, you oversee the education at, at, at Warren. I'm blessed to have a great team, and, and I, I oversee from bed babies all the way up to our oldest senior adult group, and I have ministers that do that. Um, but what I hope is, is I hope that we have Christ-centered community. And what I mean by that is that they can go to the Qantas Club, or they can go to Rotary Club. Ain't nothing wrong with that. But I want them to have Christ-centered community where they're centered around Christ, where because where, uh, they can have community at the gym, they have community at, down at the pool house, but we want them to have Christ-centered community. What else I hope? I hope they, they have biblically sound teaching, and, and we really stress that. We have a whole process, and I'll talk to you about it here in a bit, and I'll give you all some, some literature that we give out. We really vet our teachers stringently. We, we uh, have them fill out a, a, an application. We have them sign off that they agree with the Baptist Faith and Message 2000. That, that, I mean, we, and we want them teaching the Bible. Um, uh, you say, well, of course. They, you know, when I came to Warren, um, great church. I love the fact a lot of our groups were teaching books about the Bible, and I thought, you know, I'm fine on a Wednesday night if we want to do a, a study of some sort of felt need study or something like that. But on Sunday morning, I want them to teach the scriptures. And I want to make sure I've got, got men and women in those groups at all ages that are teaching biblically sound um, theology. Not only, uh, you know, Christ and Outreach, biblically uh, sound teaching, I want them to be stretched and challenged spiritually. I want those lessons to be deep, man. I mean, I, I really want them to, to unpack the scripture. We have a, uh, we're a multi-site church. 
at, at Warren. We have a, the, our Augusta campus. We have all you know adult uh, Sunday school life groups on campus, and we do some home groups as well on the on the Augusta campus. On the on our we have a Grove Town campus that we launched four years ago, and we have no adult education space there. So they're 100% in homes. So they're they're in homes, and so we we've gone to um, for a lot of our groups. We do a uh, we have a guy on our staff who writes curriculum, and he, and we do sermon based curriculum. And so um, I, I want them. I want them unpacking the scripture, and I want them to be stretched and challenged spiritually. I don't want to do just some surface lessons. I really want them to dig into the scripture and making sure that they're that they are doing that. They are digging into the scriptures. And I love the fact that that many of our groups have gone to our our and we we base it off our obviously off our pastor pastor's message, the sermon based curriculum, and it just allows them to go even deeper uh, through that. So not only that. I want them to have opportunities to learn and develop their spiritual gifts. And one, one, I challenge all my groups one time a year, teach, take, take two or three weeks and teach a lesson on spiritual gifts. Matter of fact, we have on our website where you can go there and you can take a spiritual gifts inventory. And is one of our desires at, at Warren is that every person does, uh, discover what their spiritual gift is, and they can do that by going to our website. It's a free spiritual gifts inventory. They go there and they take that, and it immediately, when they finish taking the, the, the diagnostic, it immediately uh, sends them back their top three spiritual gifts, and it also sends that same information to our connections pastor. But I want them to, to discover and develop their spiritual gifts so that we can move them into ministry. I share with people all the time, you know, it, it is a, it's not a sit and soak. It, it, it's a, it's a team sport and we need them in there. We need them in there. So I want to, I, I want them to learn what their spiritual gifts are. So we even devote um, um, a, a, a period of time every year for our life groups to teach on that. I'll let them come off for, for about two or three weeks to do that. Next, opportunities to minister to others, what Riley was saying. It is a great opportunity for them to minister to others uh, within the group, but then also outside the group as well. And then opportunities to serve and to be served when they're in the group. They can serve one another. They can serve together through a myriad of, of opportunities. Mission trips, we do a thing called City Serve. I'm sure many of you guys do the same thing. They can serve within the group, but then they can also learn, you know, take on leadership roles, but then also be served by the group. I tell you, it blesses my soul when I go to the hospital and visit, visit someone maybe prior to a surgery, and they've got three or four life group members there, man. I think they get it. That's just, I love that. I love that. Or when a baby's born and they, you know, do the meal train or when somebody passes away, how they just love each other. I mean, golly, man. The world needs that kind. That's, that's what the world needs. And so I want that happening and I pray that that happens in all of our groups. And finally, challenge to live missionally and equipped to share their faith. Um, man, what a phenomenal message we heard uh, earlier this afternoon. And, and one of the things I challenge my groups to do is, uh, my, my life group teachers, my Sunday school teachers, is periodically at the end of your lesson, give an invitation. I mean, our pastor gives an invitation every Sunday, praise God. But I challenge my, my, my life group leaders that I'm, I'm hoping and praying they have lost people in their groups. I mean, I, I hope they're out, they're, they're inviting friends and they're inviting folks who are far away from the Lord. So I challenge my life group teachers to periodically, as the Lord leads, when you close your lesson, share an invitation. And then I also challenged them. Matter of fact, we, we took three Wednesday nights here last, you know, uh, about six, eight months ago, and we, we taught on uh, we, sharing their faith. We did the three circles training. Y'all, many of you have seen yeah. that? Fantastic tool. Love that tool. But we taught people how to share their, their, their you know, 15 second testimony, then how to share a, a gospel presentation. And I've even had, you know, there's been times that we've just done that in our Sunday school. 
where we, we've taken two to three weeks and, and deviated from teaching just a, 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 you know, obviously it's in the Bible, of course, but teaching them how to share their faith because I, I think it's really important. So that's kind of what my hopes and dreams are, if you will, about what our folks are, are getting when they come to our, our, our life groups, our Sunday school class. Some of the things that we know about groups. Uh, in a small group, there's a different dynamic at work than the most finely tuned worship service. I love what Pastor said. It's about community. It's about getting them in. And really, it, to me, it's, it's circles versus rows, if you will. Um, uh, it's getting them in there. It's, it's them mixing it up with one another. They, you know, and I challenge my teachers all the time. You know, they don't need two sermons. You know, we, we need that interaction. A win in a Sunday school class is when you have people interacting in class with you. That's a win. Um, and it, 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 they don't need two sermons. And so, like I said, so we, we encourage them to mix it up. In a small group, people often reveal where they are, their theology and their practice. And again, that's because they can talk and we want them talking. We want to ask probing questions and engaging questions. In a small group, your people get reinforced of solid doctrine, principles and practice. They learn churchmanship. Now, again, that doesn't just happen. I think we've got to call our teachers to that. That's why I, I walk them through, and I'll give these to you here in a bit, this leadership application, asking them to, to make sure that they're st- you know, sticking to the stuff, if you will. In a small group, people get course-corrected, comforted, and gain wisdom. They need to be. I sure did back when I was a young married 22, 23-year-old. My wife... I, I got course corrected. I remember Bob Nipper sticking his finger in my eye because I needed it. I mean, I, I needed that at the time. Uh, uh, I was comforted, and, I, and I, hopefully I gained some wisdom through all that. In a small group, your people get to hear Jesus and others. I love that. As I think, uh, I thought about that. They get to hear, uh, obviously, you know, they, they hear from our pastor, and that's good. And, and, they, and they hear from the teacher, that's good. But then they get to hear it from each other as well. And I think that challenges them. Some of the things that we know about small groups is that in a small group, your people's on-the-ground needs, their hopes, their fears, their frustrations, celebrations are all revealed, prayed over, and supported pragmatically with other people week after week. Man, I sure hope that's happening. I hope there's accountability happening in there. I hope that they are praying for one another. I mean, really deeply praying for one another. Um... I hope they're, they're learning to serve together and serve one another. You know, there's a lot of, of, of what we love to see as pastors that can happen in the small group community, no, no, no question. And I believe most of us probably believe that, uh, or, or you wouldn't be here tonight. I mean, I, I believe you believe that. But sometimes, if we're going to be honest, there's that last thing I need to worry about. You know, uh, many of you probably do, you know, do many different things in the church, and, and you're thinking, you know, we got it going on. Let's just let it go. I mean, let's, let's let it keep working. But I think we've got to be intentional about it at all levels, at all levels. That's why we run everybody through a screening process, no matter what grade they're teaching, not just the safe haven. And we'll talk about that in a minute. That's, you know, uh, the background checks. We don't do that just for kids. We do that for everybody. If you serve at Warren, everybody has to go through a safe haven process. Uh, sometimes there can be uh, that, that competitive tension between, if you will, the, 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 the worship service or, or, or the life group ministry. And there just doesn't need to be that. And I'm so blessed at my church that my pastor is a, I would call him a, a Sunday school pastor. He believes in Sunday school. He touts Sunday school. He talks about Sunday school. He encourages people to be a part of Sunday school. So this leads us to our, to our second point of discussion tonight. and It's really what a healthy group's community looks like. 
I believe a healthy group's community can be a catalyst to an overall healthy ministry. Um, as I think about that, a healthy group's community, if you think about your groups, they, they, they meet consistently. We say, well, of course they do. They meet every Sunday. Well, again, we have groups that meet in homes as well. And uh, we, when, we've got, when we went to that model, um, when we planted uh, Warren Grovetown four years ago, they were kind of going back and forth. Well, what if we, what if we just said, well, we'll, meet, we'll have a meet every other week. And I said, I don't want to do that. I mean, they need community. And some can choose to meet every other week, meaning that the, you know, the autonomy of the layperson, they can do whatever they want to do. We know that. But we're going to have groups every week. Because I think it's important that they're meeting weekly, that there's consistency in the meeting, especially for those groups who meet off campus. You know, uh, I, I, I actually lead a group on Sunday evenings in my home because I can't, you know, I can't go to church. I can't go to Sunday school on Sunday. I'm working, you know, like you guys do. You all work. So um, I, I, I lead a group on Sunday night, and we just, we just continue to meet. And, and there's sometimes there's, there's 10 of us in the group. Sometimes all 10 are there, and sometimes there's six of us. Or, or you know, that, that, but we're going to keep meeting. You know, we're going to keep meeting because I wanted to know that, and, and especially people who are new and coming in, because we list those groups. And so if, if they don't meet, it's just too hard to keep up with. But more importantly, we need they need that community. So I believe a healthy groups community, they meet consistently. I believe a healthy groups community teaches God's word, the Bible. And I shared with you just a moment ago, well, of course they do, but, but that's important that we do that and not other things. Now, again, I'm, we will do some marriage studies and we'll do some uh, you know, parenting studies, but we'll do that on another night. I mean, like we have Wednesday nights at church and we'll, we'll, bring, we'll let folks do that. But on Sunday morning, we don't do that. Um, we, we have them teach the Bible. I believe a healthy groups is an open group. And this is really important. And, and you know the difference between an open and closed group. An open group is, is, is what Sunday school was meant to be. You, anyone can come in at any time. Um, they, they, you know, they, they, it's always open. Um, it, it's, it's, it's and now until Jesus comes back. Um, and so we, all of our groups have to remain open. The, 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 where that became a, a little bit of an issue was when, was when we started these home groups. And it was a new dynamic for me because I'd never done home group ministry. I've always done you know, Sunday school on Sunday in churches. And what I mean by that is uh, we noticed about six or eight months into when we started the home groups that our, we had uh, a lot of our group leaders saying, look, man, we, what we've got going on here is incredible. We've got a great dynamic. We're, we've made some really rich and deep connections. And we're at a place now where you know, we're, 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 we're at a much deeper level sharing life stuff. And it would just be awkward if we brought somebody else in. I said, well, how? now we're missing the point, though. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's, it's about others, you know. And so... Um, uh, what I've done, and I did, I, the way I conceded on that, I said, okay, if the, then you've got to multiply every year. If that's the case, then, then I can't keep doing that. And so what I, what I do is I, I have some other groups here that are, that are constantly open. And like my group is always open. I, I'm just going to keep it open because I, I, I want to do that. I understand where the rub got a little bit because, again, they're, they're doing what we want them to do. They're meeting. They're in there. They're mixing it up, doing life together they, you know, in, the, in the homes. Um, they're eating dinner together. 
Um, and, and so I can see how that dynamic can cause it to want to become a closed group. So I've got to constantly be on them about that. So every year, then those groups have to start again. They, they've got to multiply and, and start another group so that that doesn't you know, can continue to happen. But one of those deals, it, 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 it's, it's just a constant struggle. Not as hard on the, uh, on the Sunday morning groups at, at all. Those, those mostly remain open much, much more easy. Uh, is a growing group numerically and spiritually. A healthy group is a growing group numerically and spiritually. When I think numerically, you know, healthy groups attract more people. Again, as I as I walk around on Sundays and as I, I monitor my groups in, in homes, those groups that are that are you know teaching the scriptures, that are employing people in ministry, that are meeting uh, needs, they're they grow and it, it's healthy, it's vibrant. And not only do they grow numerically, but they grow spiritually. You know, in a in a healthy group, they grow spiritually, the, the members of the group grow in, in their prayer life, both in, in the group and individually. I mean, really praying for each other. I mean, really praying for one another, you know, being there for each other. They grow in their, in their devotional life, their daily personal time with the Lord. A healthy group grows um, stewardship-wise they're, they're, uh, of their life, stewardship, their, their money, their time, their resources, and their spiritual gifts. A healthy group grows, they, they develop servants' hearts. They're, they're developing hearts to serve others. Ultimately, uh, if, if they're involved in a healthy group, I'm praying that they, they grow in their walk, that, that group members are reflecting scriptural values within their lives and that of the group. Not only that, a healthy group's community, they, they serve together, both inside and, and, and outside the church. We talked about that. They're, they're serving each other inside the, 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 the church, they, you know, the, inside the group. They're, they're meeting each other's needs. But then they're willing to go outside and meet needs there as well. And we, we, we try to help them with that, but many of them just, just take it on themselves. One of the areas I challenge is that uh, every group have a, um, an outside ministry that they minister to at least once quarterly. Uh, and, and I help that we, we get with our missions department. Or we have a community missions department, a global missions department, and we get with our community missions department and help. They, they, they had, good Lord, many, many, many opportunities around the city of Augusta for them to get involved in. And they do that, and it's been a real blessing. A healthy groups community, also they fellowship together. And I had a brother in my, one of my last sessions said he, he started something where they, they, uh, they make it as mandatory as you can make uh, uh, things in, in, in church world, but they, they, they mandate that they have fellowships at least, uh, I think he said, quarterly. And I think, they, I mean, obviously, I, I think it's important, and just like we encourage them to serve in, a, in an area and a, a ministry at least quarterly, I think the fact that if we can get folks fellowshipping together outside of the church, again, our home groups, that naturally occurs because they're in homes together. It's a totally different dynamic. On the Sunday morning group, the fellowship piece is hard. We try to encourage them to do breakfasts and things like that, but because we have groups meeting at 8, 9, 30, and 11 in shared space, we've got to turn those rooms over. So it's much harder for that to happen on, on a Sunday morning, so therefore we really stress that we really encourage them to, to get outside the walls of the church and fellowship together. Not only that, a healthy group multiplies. They multiply leaders and they multiply groups. One of the things that we do, one of the things that we do is, um, is we encourage our groups, all of our groups, when we launch a new group, for them to, to launch a new group, to multiply. We don't call it split or divide. We call it multiply. And we challenge them to multiply um, in the next 18 to 24 months. And that's one of the things we talk to them about whenever we, uh, whenever we, we, we meet with a new leader, uh, a, a group of folks who are going to launch a new group, 
uh, and we walk them through our, we have a, a life group leader application, which I'll give you guys those. That's what we talk about, that we want you to understand that our, our desire is for you to multiply your group in the next 20, you know, uh, 18 to 24 months. We've, we've tried to set that as, as, as the standard. Do they all do it? No, absolutely not. We've got some that do. I've got a couple groups that are just, I mean, just phenomenal. They get it. Uh, I have one gentleman who's been there since you know, before I even got there. He's probably birthed 14 groups out of his class in the last 13 years. That, I mean, he just keeps, he keeps turning them out, man. He's a high-level leader, phenomenal guy, and um, he, he challenges his people, and it's, it's really quite incredible, as a matter of fact. Let me ask you this: What, what, um, what if? What, what would happen if your group's ministry embraced these principles? How do you think it would affect the church? What do you think? It would certainly be more effective in producing disciples. Okay, what do you mean by that? I mean, it would, it would take a group of people that would uh, that probably have a, a head knowledge and move it to their heart and to their hands. Okay. And by that I mean now they take what uh, what Jesus has done for them and go and uh, do that for somebody else and, and share that with them. Very good. Thank you. What else? It's simply to change lives. Yeah. That's what we want. It changes our lives so that we can be used to change others' lives. Yeah. It's the great commandment, the great commission put together. That's all we're called to do. Yeah. Period. It's not that complicated, is it? Really. I mean, really. It's not simple by any stretch. No. The hardest to learn is the least complicated. Man. Yeah. What else? What do you think? Think about your, your community. Think about where you are right now. If you had healthy groups, how could that change the dynamic of your church? Be new life, transformation. Yeah. Do you think it can happen? Absolutely. Or we wouldn't be here. Right. There's no chance of it happening. Just listen for the trumpet. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. Now, I'm, I'm with you. I know it can happen. I, I've seen it. I mean, I, I see it happening. Yeah. It has to happen. There's no other plan. Yeah, there's really, there is, there's no, this, yeah, there's no plan B. Right. Yeah. All right, so what can you proactively do to, to make your group's community, community better? What do you think? What are some things, before I go into what I think we can do, I'd love to hear from you. What are some things that you think you can do to really proactively, I mean really proactively, move your groups into to healthy groups, uh, making it a priority to... to, to to, to move people from, from visitors to uh, connected into a community. What do you think? I'll tell you at our church, uh, just counting, we call them life groups too, I mean, but it's Sunday school, same model. And I was just thinking about all the different classes that we have, you know, and every teacher that we have. If our teachers just called to hold a division, they understood why they were important and the difference that they can make. And even in our adult classes, if they understood they're just not filling an hour, they're just not checking a roll. Yeah. If they really understood the vision, if they really got after it. And, and they were just inspired. Yeah. They need inspiration. You know, 
telling a guy the other day, I said, you know, football season is about to start. Yeah. What do you think a coach is going to tell their team if they start out the season 0-6? Mm -hmm. No need to practice, guys. No need to come to training. Just show up Friday night. We'll just play. It's no big deal. Or that 0-6, do you tell them, hey, it's time to hit the gym a little harder. It's time to practice a little harder. We can still turn this thing around. I was just uh, listening to this podcast. Uh, it's a billionaire that just turned the actually turned the insurance world upside down, uh, turned turned it around. And uh, anyways, you know, he was a had been a coach, mm -hmm. and uh, just people need motivation today like I've never seen before. Michael Hyatt, leadership expert. Many of you probably have heard of Michael. Know he says uh, um, you have to know the why before the what. The why. And I think that's what our job is as leaders in the church. We've got to continue to convey the why. I mean, we've got to keep telling them the why. It, it, Andy Stanley um, wrote in his book, Visionary Years Ago, Vision Leaks. Mm -hmm. And it does. And, you know, and, and this is what we do. I mean, we're church people. We're churchmen. You know, I mean, this is what, and women, this is what we do. And so, therefore, I get up in the morning thinking about how I can grow groups. And I work through my day thinking how I can grow groups and invest in people's lives. And then I go to bed and, and, and dream about how, I, how we can grow groups. And I'm passionate about this. I mean, I truly am. And, and the thing is, though, uh, not everybody. I, I remember, I, shared, I think I shared with you guys, before I, I was called into full-time vocational ministry, I spent 13 years as a high school teacher and football coach. And I was a deacon at First Baptist Daytona. I was a Sunday school teacher. After I had been mentored and raised up, I began teaching a Sunday school class. I was a faith team leader. If y'all are familiar with First Baptist Daytona, the Faith Sunday School Evangelist Mallory. So I was there when Doug Williams was there and Bobby Welch and all that. And then I went on staff. But my point was that I remember what it was like being a, a, a husband, a father of two small children, a football coach, a high school teacher, and then taught Sunday school. And led faith. It, it, it was busy. Life was, it was hard. You know, it was hard, and I would get worn out and tired at times. But I was grateful that I had pastors that would encourage me, that would come alongside of me, that would equip me, that would provide for me what we needed, until the point where God said, yeah, I need you to do this. Mm -hmm. And I need you to do this. I agree. So I think we've got to continually explain the why. Because when we get tired of it, our people just start hearing it. True? Um, so what are some ways that you think of... how? How can we continue to explain the why? What are some ways? How have you done it, Pastor? You were 40 years you pastored. You know, it goes back to me getting people involved in ministry. Okay. Getting, getting them. I'm working on a plan now with my Sunday school. They don't do anything outside of the yeah. church. Now, I've been, I've been to the nursing home to talk to them, been looking at ways they could get involved. And I think that's one of the keys. If you get involved, they'll start getting reaching people more Agreed. when they do that. They're doing a good job of ministering to one another. I want to reach out a little bit further. Yep. Because I, I've learned when you reach out and minister to people, they listen to you. Don't they? They do. They Amen. see Jesus in you. Go back to what Tom was you know, you, you practicing those principles to do that. Right. And that, that's been hard, something hard to do as a pastor is get people to realize that. Right, Tom? Getting people to realize that you know, you get out and get involved in ministry, people see Jesus in your lives. Yeah. Then it becomes easier for you to share the gospel with them. Yeah. So much easier. Amen. Yeah, that's something I'm you know, praying for. Yeah. I challenge my, my team to get around our people, get around their leaders, continually invest in their leaders. Mm -hmm. Take them to lunch, 
remember their birthdays. I know that sounds silly, but I mean, pick up the phone and call them. Tell them you're praying for them and, and, and see how can you help them. What can I, I do to help you? In our universal society today, that's so important. And, it, and it's that's a challenge for me personally with the sure. kids. But my secretary helps me a ton. But huge. I, I handwrite birthday cards and anniversary cards to every member. I've been doing it for 15 years. That's huge, Pastor. So, and, and that takes the effort. But that's been a huge connection. Yeah. Um, a lot of guys too thank me because they forget their anniversary. But Amen. Like, you know, you caught you, you saved me on this one, but that personal note because we get so much junk mail. Yep. But it's that personal investment, and even if it's changed into social media yep. today, um, I, guess I can pull back. I mean, I, I personally texted every single one of my deacons this morning. I engage with them and talk with them on the phone, or we're passing stuff back. But it's investing in our life. One of the things, it, and, and it's, it's biblically based. The Life Journal is a vehicle that we use, and it's a scripture observation application for yes. it's, it's journaling. Yep. It's what is God saying to me, and so how am I going to live this out today? And so I'm constantly, every day, with my deacons. Amen. And here's the Word of God, and here's the verse that God hit me with, and here's what I'm working on. <clears throat> if they get that text from oh, man. me before 10 a.m., yep. they know I've been in the Word this morning. They know that I'm already practicing living out, trying to live that out. But I'm expecting them... You know, I, I'm holding them accountable. You know, we're in this together, guys. Yeah. And your hey, servants. Have you challenged them to now then go and and if they if if each of them, how many deacons you got, Pastor? Did we're we're about eight nine. So okay, but what if each of them texted two guys or four guys? Again, it, it's the intentionality that I do the same thing. I do handwritten birthday cards. I don't do anniversary cards, but I need to start. But I have my secretary, he, she has it lined up. Literally, she brings them in. They're, they're, no, I get the stack because I've got yeah. stationery. So every perfect. every Monday, she brings me the stack. That's perfect. Yep, that's what mine So does. I take the time. And, yep. And it's got the date. You know, it's got their, where the stamp goes, it's got their, the date underneath perfect. the stamp. That's awesome, man. And so when I get it back to her, um, she handwrites them. I don't handwrite the addresses, but she handwrites the address. I handwrite the cards, and then she that's puts awesome. the stamp back on, so I can make sure it's out the door before yep. they get for their birthday. Or that's perfect. It's something I've done at Springfield. I've got, I've got my all my Sunday school teachers on Facebook group. Very nice. And, and I send them encouraging. Yep. Them again. Of course, some of them don't have Facebook. Sure. Some have to use text or email. Yeah. But I find that's very effective. Also, I'm responsible they want a group. And I got a lot of people. And then I try to you know, send them. I got them on a group as well. Yeah. Um, get some of them on it sometimes. You just got to yeah. work there. I find that's very effective. I think I, I totally agree. I think intentionality about relationships. Because that's what we want. We want our people in groups for community, for Christian relationship. And so, therefore, I think we've got to really try to pour into that. I think about yourself as you teach those fourth and fifth grade girls, how you can not just minister to them, how you can minister to those moms and dads, especially those mamas. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? I was just sitting here thinking, I, my husband and I, we're empty nesters right now. I know for a long time I didn't think this was really what the Lord was you know, calling for us to do, but obviously it is. And I think now, well, who better to do it? Absolutely. Our time is free. We can go to ball games. Yep. We, can, we can go to those cheerleading competitions. We can invest in these these children. Amen. Amen. And that's what they need. They need investment. So how can we, all of us in here, how can we do it? You can call them out. I mean, when you think about your church, you can call your people out, proactively encourage your church members to get into the game. I mean, really get into the game. And I, and I, and I've, I, I share this with my life group leaders all the time. 
when I say call them out, yes, I mean, I think it needs to be preached from the pulpit. There's no question about it. And I, my pastor does that. But it, I, I share with my life group leaders, if you say, hey, guys, we need somebody to take on the, the, the outreach evangelism um, job. Anybody here want to do that? Crickets. But if you go up to, hey, Larry, and, and if you've been praying about this, if you've been praying about this and say, Lord, show me who in my group needs to take on whatever. And then God would show, show you something. And if he showed me Larry, and I walked up to Larry, hey, Larry, can I take you lunch this week? <clears throat> sure, you lunch. <laughs> yeah. And we was taking lunch that week. Mm-hmm. And, and I say, Larry, as I've been praying, would you? here's the job description, as a matter of fact. Here's the job description of what that role does. Would you mind taking that in, in for a week, this whole week and, and read over that, pray about that, and then I'm going to call you in a week. And then pick up the phone and do that. I'm, if God's calling them to it, they'll do it. And the point is, is that but it's one of those, if you do, just do the all call, hey, anybody want to do that? No. But I think if we're <clears throat> intentionally going after our people, so the same way, obviously we've got to proactively encourage our church members to get into the game, but be intentional with, with, with recruiting leaders. As I'm walking the halls on Sundays, man, I am looking for people. I am looking for new people. I'm looking for people that are, that are I see them engaged in ministry of some sort, and I'm thinking, how can I use them? Now, <clears throat> I'm at a place now where I, I know I, I've, I no longer oversee an age division. I oversee all of the, all of the, you know, I've got ministers that do that. I'm, I've got like about, I forget, 14 or 15 ministers on my staff team. But, but I, you know, I'm constantly encouraging them to do the same thing. And then I'm talking to my, my, I do a lot of stuff with the deacon ministry for my pastor. So I'm constantly talking to my deacons. All right, who in your sphere of influence is showing leadership abilities and leadership qualities? And I find out who they are and I try to get to know them. And I try to figure out, hey, have we taken a spiritual gifts inventory on them yet? If we have, then I just, you know, if we have, I go look and see what their spiritual gifting is, and I try to get them plugged into that area where their where their uh, spiritual gifting is. Because there's no greater joy than serving in an area where you're gifted. I mean, my goodness. Um, next, be upfront about your expectations, and uh, uh, and what I mean by that, that's the leadership application. I'm gonna pass these around. You mind helping me, brother? No, oh, man. <laughs> See, I recruited you. So what's going around there is it's a leadership application that we run everybody through. These are job descriptions, if you will, for the for the life group ministry. <clears throat> and I've encouraged all my team members, no matter, uh, uh, like I oversee our, our women's uh, ministry director and I oversee our first impressions team director, and I've challenged all of them to come up with a, an application process and a, job, and, a, and a list of job descriptions so that when you're recruiting someone, you're recruiting them to a, to a, a specific position so they, know what the, uh, so they know what the job is. Um, for positions like our kids, uh, you know, preschool and children's ministry and our first impressions team, we ask them for a one-year commitment. For our life group leaders, I ask them to keep doing it until God tells them they don't want to do it anymore. Obviously, I'd want that for everybody, but the point is, is that, I mean, t- teaching in preschool and children's ministry, that's, that's the tough job, man. I mean, it's demanding. Um, um, so long story short, uh, we, walk them through the, we walk them through these. Uh, and so whenever a leader has been um, um, flagged, if you will, if one of my life group leaders says, hey, Lane, I got this guy or this, this lady who's really showing great promise and you know, they're here all the time, they are, they're engaged, they, you know, they engage in the lesson, they, they, they give great insight. I say to them, I say, was it somebody you think you might want to bring in as a teacher or somewhere in a leadership position? Yes. If they're a teacher, then I got my, myself or one of my age division ministers have to meet with them. They sit down, they go through this application with them. They, they give them the application, they've got to fill it all out, bring it back in, then they have a one-hour 
hour meeting with them where they walk through this, share the expectations of what we're going to do. Now, if it's, if it's another role in the life group, I leave that up to the life group leader to do. Just so you know, I leave that up to the life group leader to do. So they vet those people. But if you're going to get your name on the door and teach the Bible at Warren, you've got to be vetted through this process. Okay. And then the other part of that is that safe haven report, which is our background check. Uh, and there's some stuff that they have to do as well. We make everybody do that. I just think it's important. Um, but the leadership uh, application, the job description, I just want to be up front with the leaders. And I don't want to recruit down. I want to recruit up. And what I mean by that is I don't want to say, hey, man, you know, it's not that much of a time commitment. It's not that big of a deal. Well, then honestly, if you've got a high-level leader, they're going to be, I don't want to do that. I mean if it's not that big of a deal, and it's not that, then why do you need me? So I, I, when I first got into this, I, I, was a, I was so desperate in need of leaders that I, I think I recruited to a low bar and it ended up backfiring on me. So I thought, I'd rather not have it than, than have some people that I can't count on that don't show up. And so we've gone to this and it's really helped us. I mean, it, it really has. So when we get them, we get them. I mean, when we get it, when they go through the process and they're in, man, they're, they're in. So the first thing we can do is we can call them out. They're everywhere. They just don't know it yet. Okay. And so we've just got to lead them to it. How can I make my group's community better? You can train them up. Budget and calendar for ongoing training, equipping opportunities for your uh, group's uh, leadership teams. You know, I've discovered over the years of, of doing ministry um, I know at Warren, it's probably like this really everywhere. Those things that we, um, that we calendar and fund are important. If we get it on the calendar and we put money behind it, then it's important. So I think it's important that we have adequately trained leaders so we, we have leadership training. I bring in folks, um, uh, you know, we, we, we do it. So we, we get it on the calendar and we budget for it. I, I make sure every one of my areas has a budget line item for leadership development and also leadership appreciation because I want to train them and I want to appreciate the stew out of them. Next, tap some of your key lay leaders who are getting it done and have, have them teach our specific topics. Now, I, I do this quite a bit. God has blessed us. We're in a really neat area there at Warren. We are, um, we are 10 miles from Fort Gordon, which is a military installation. We are five miles from, it used to be called MCG, Medical College of Georgia. It's now Augusta Medical. Um, we are not very far from, you know, about 30 minutes from SRS or 45 minutes from SRS. We, we've got just a great group of leaders in our church, some really high-level leaders. Um, Dr. Dan Ron, who used to be president of, of MCG, is, is one of our deacons in the church. But don't think I don't use that, brother. I mean, talking about, I mean, he has led multi, I mean, he oversaw the, 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 you know, the college there. I use him to teach leadership skills to people. Uh, Kurt Meltzer, the young man, the, dual, young, the gentleman that I told you emptied his class about 13 times. This guy is a multimillionaire who's gotten, I don't know how many businesses that he owns, and he loves the Lord. He's the most humble guy, but he just reeks leadership. Well, I, I use him. I mean, I use, he can do things that I have no clue how to, how to do. So my point is that I guarantee you in your church, you've got lay leaders who are getting it done. Not just in leadership. I mean, they're great Bible teachers. They're great Sunday school leaders. So do a training and have them show your people what, 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 you know, what, what they're doing. We have a lady in our, in our church that teaches teachers in our school system how to oh do a conflict resolution. Yeah. And um, we had her come in and teach 
our teachers. Absolutely. You know, hey, get a problem in your, yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know, she loves the Lord. She's, Amen. And it's her specific job is teaching teachers? Yeah. Okay. I guarantee you all have them. I mean, y'all you do. Y'all have them in your in your classes. You know, in, you do. Uh, take your team to a conference. Many of you have done that tonight. I think I want to encourage you to do that. Uh, bring an outside speaker, trainer in. I don't know if y'all know. You know, we brought David Apple in a couple times. David works for Lifeway. Phenomenal. I mean, just and he's such a wonderful guy. But but Lifeway has a ton of of leaders and trainers and teachers the Georgia Baptist Convention. I mean, they they are they want to help us, guys, and I'm so grateful for them. So uh, I've brought in outside speakers um, and trainers for my people. And then use online training tools. Um, for example, Ministry Grid and Right Now Media. We, we've invested in both of those. I don't know if you're, is anybody here familiar with Ministry Grid? Ministry Grid is a Lifeway tool. And it's a, it's a new thing. It costs $399, $499, a year. It is, um, it, it would, I, I'm trying to explain. I guess we're ministry, or right now media is kind of like Netflix for, for Christian training tools and, and Bible studies and stuff. Ministry Grid is a, is an, is a web-based training, um, training tool, if you will, that they have literally hundreds, hundreds of, of, of training seminars um, on everything you can think of. I mean, literally, missions, on Sunday school, on kids' ministry, on you name it, disaster, I mean, Anything in, in ministry, pastoring, preaching, um, um, evangelism. And the cool thing is, is that um, Ministry Grid, you can use what they've already got. They already have, I mean, they have hundreds of things to choose from. And you can build um, this, these processes that you want your people to work through. Or you can film your own. And, yeah. and, and you can you know, put your own in there. And they have these, um, these plans that, they, that your people have to go through. My point is this. I'm all about getting them to come back to the church and, 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 and be trained. And we do that. But I'm also about using this tool. And, and this is a web-based, the ministry grid and right now media, they're web-based, but they're mobile friendly. So my point is that if I want to teach on, you, you, you pick your topic, do a 15-minute teaching, I can get, I literally film it with my iPhone, lock, drop it in um, Ministry Grid, and send it out to however many teachers I want, them, want it sent to, and they can sit there, if they got 10 or 15 minutes, pull it up on their phone and watch it. And, and it's me teaching it, or it's one of my other pastors teaching it. We do a thing called uh, parent equipping, and we do parent-child commissioning, but we do a, before we do parent-child commissioning on the Sunday morning, the Sunday prior to that, we do parent equipping where our young immediate adult pastor and our preschool uh, minister, they, 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 they together, they teach a parent equipping class. But what they do is they, they develop this training um, through Ministry Grid where the parents go through it before they come. It's just taking the next step of, of, of leadership and training. But there's tools out there, and, and they're not that expensive. The right Now Media, if you're not familiar with Right Now Media, They've got incredible teaching. I use a lot of Right Now Media in my life group on Sunday night um, doing Bible book studies uh, so, sometimes because it's just, you know, you might got to have Francis Chan teaching about, you know, Ephesians or, or Matt Chandler teaching. Mark. Yeah, Mark. Is that, yeah, Mark yeah, fantastic stuff. So there's plenty of tools out there. So we got to train them up. When we get them in, we got to train them up. So I think a lot of times people are are, are reticent to step into leadership because they don't know. They don't know what it, they don't know what uh, it, what the cost is, or they don't know. They're 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 afraid. That's the word. Look, they're fearful because they don't know what to do. So I want us to train them up. And the pastor told me one time. Intentional about that, yes, sir. He said, "Don't let them recruit you for anything they won't train you for." There you go. Mm. <laughs> That's pretty good. Right? They won't train you. Yeah. Then don't let them recruit you. There you go. Because they'll right. hang you out in the dry. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah. And we have done that to a lot of people. And we don't. And, yeah, and, and, now you understand the book. And we don't want to do that. So we're going to call them out. We're going to train them up. And then I, we got to talk it up. From the most powerful point of promotion, the pulpit. I mean, it truly is. It's so amazing to me how I can put things in bulletins and brochures and you name it. But when my pastor stands up there and talks about it, people get it and they listen. And like I said, I am blessed beyond measure to have a pastor who believes in Sunday school. He believes in, in small group ministry and he talks about it. Um, uh, and then share, you know, share, uh, share the value of, of your groups. Um, he does that, but then he'll also allow us to, to show videos on occasion where we'll video some folks and, and, and you know, we'll talk about that here in just a bit. Another thing we do um, on, on Sunday morning when we do announcements, um, we always do two announcements. One announcement is all first-time guests, and then the second announcement is something else that's coming up. You know, we, he doesn't let us do a whole plethora of that. We get two. So first one is, is you step up there. Hey, if you're a first-time guest here at Warm, we're so grateful you're here. If you would, find the Connect card in the pew in front of you. You would simply fill that out and drop in the offering plate. And then the next one is another announcement. I, I oversee what we put in those announcements. So about every third week, I put an announcement in there about life groups. And so after we do that, so we have five worship services on Sunday morning on the Augusta campus and two on the Grovetown campus. So five of uh, those five worship services, somebody's standing up there and they're saying, hey, folks, if you're uh, here at Warren, you've not connected to a life group, adult Bible studies, we call them life groups here. You're missing a chapter out of your life. As you leave this place, we got groups that meet at 8, 9, 30, and 11. Simply go to one of our connect tables. They'll give you some information about a life group because you have got to be in a life group. Something like that. You know, the point is, is that we, we share it from the pulpit when you got the, the, the critical mass there of, of people. Tell them why it's important to be in a group. And again, that's what we do. We talk about that a lot. It's a core value uh, of, of one. Uh, share how to find a group. Again, this is, you say, well, of course, but, but it's really important that we tell them, go to the connect table and we tell them where it is. So you can go there to find a life group. And then when they get there, we have a card that lists all of our life groups. We've got 54 of them that meet on Sunday morning at, at Warren with the age divisions broken down and we show them where to go. And then all of our connect people, our first impressions team, they're equipped with that information to know where to go take people to, to life groups. So we try to make them, uh, make it easy to find on our website. You can go to our website and, and, and there's a place on there, you know, how to get connected to a life group. So share how to find the group and then join a group yourself. You know, so if I'm so pro groups, if I'm not in a group, then it doesn't really make sense, does it? You know, and so I, I would encourage you if, 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 it, if at all possible, you know, be in a group and I'm in a group because I need to be in a group. I need community. I need, I, I need that. How can I make my group's community better? Show it off. Uh, this is something we've, we've done, and it's, it's simple. We create three simple questions about your group's ministry and have your best candidates share their answers via video testimony and show how, show in the worship service, basically, why, you know, why do you value groups? So the three questions that we use, why do you value groups? How has your group helped you? And uh, what has your group taught you? What we did was we just simply filmed a bunch of people. You know, we just we set up different times and I asked my life group leaders, who are some people in your groups that you think really get it that can communicate? And I filmed some professionally, meaning we've got a we got a, a AV team, a tech team that can do that. But a lot of it, we did almost like man on the street thing, like in between classes. They said, hey, if you'll check with, you know, um, you know, Jim and Deb, man, they got a great testimony. So I just got there and filmed with my iPhone and it's cool and it works. And we show them in the service. And, and I, you know, it, it's, it's one of those things that, like I said, it's not, it's not hard, 
but it's got you just got to be intentional about it. Somebody's got to own it. Somebody's got to make it happen. Um, but that that that's been a real that's been good. It's it's it's, it's helped us. Um, and then next, how can you make your groups better? Um, post it up. Use social media platforms to show off your group's ministry. Um, especially if if you know if you're one of the pastors and, and you've got a Facebook page or a, or a, you know Instagram, Twitter. If you blog or it's got to be if it's not on your website, you, I mean you got to get it on your website. But I encourage all of our all of our ministers and, and, and pastors to um, talk about their groups. Try to get a discussion going about your groups. And one of the things that our young immediate all guy is doing now, it's really working well, is um, every Sunday he walks around and he sees groups meeting and he takes pictures of them and he'll post something about it. And it's not just them you know, teaching. It could be them having breakfast together or them whatever. And again, he's a young guy, so he's savvy on, on social media. I'm not a young guy. I'm not savvy on social media, so I'm leaving it to the young folks to do it. But I still try to post up stuff the best I can. I'm just not, it's just not native to me to do that, but I'm trying to do better at that. Um, but those are great because our people are on that stuff. Yeah. I mean, they're on it. And so um, we're finding right now with our younger people, the Instagram seems to be more popular than Facebook. And so if we want to get something out there quickly, we, we shoot it on Instagram and, uh, and it, it, it gets out there. Uh, my pastor's a big, he, he, he does Twitter. That's all he does. His only thing, and so he's big on Twitter. So what we've tried to do, we all follow him. So when pastor tweets something, we all retweet it. And just try to get it, try to get it going. And honestly, it, it works. It's really cool. And on the face with Facebook as well, I'm noticing now that that Drew is posting weekly. Every Sunday, he's posting. We're starting to get that kind of that dialogue back and forth, and kind of getting it. People are sharing it and what have you. So again, just trying to get it out there, making the most of it that we possibly can. So, what more might you do? Uh, ask your spiritual formations pastor or minister of education what, what they think and how, how you could help. And some of you guys are, are that are that role in there. And then ask your lay leaders as well. I mean, I, I would really encourage you guys, you know, we're all serving somewhere at, at whatever area we serve in. Go to some of your lay leaders and, and talk to them about it. And what can we do to help you? How can we help you have a healthy group? And, and share with them what you believe a, a healthy group is. Your, yours may be like mine or maybe differently. But go to them and ask them, what can we do to support you better? How can we support your ministry better? And they'll tell you if you ask them. Relationships, relationships, relationships. I constantly share that with my team. You know, Warren is a large ministry, and it's very, it can get very easy to miss the people for all the stuff we got. It's a big machine. We got a lot of stuff happening. And it's good stuff. Um, it's a lot of stuff. But at the end of the day, it's about investing in people. It's about writing those cards. It's about visiting the hospitals. It's about getting in the lives of our people. And so if you'll go ask them, they'll tell you. I promise you, they'll, they'll tell you. Um, you know, what are some other ways? Let me go back there. What are some other ways that you can think of before we finish up here? I know I, I, I feel like I... I like drinking out of a fire hydrant, I know, but threw a lot of stuff at you. But what are some other things that you can think of right now? If you think, what's one thing you could do differently tomorrow that could promote your groups better? Well, we do the thing that what you're talking about, the, uh, the video testimonies, you know, constantly. And said a guy, I mean, he's dude is. This guy's like a 6'8", 350-pound biker. Man, he just got saved back in January. He got baptized. 
not having, but he loves kids, and I got him greeting at our entrance to our children's ministry. And I said, you know, he told me that. He said, I don't really think that's for me. I said, man, that's exactly for you because there's a lot of guys just like you, a lot of families they think man I can't go to that church when you stand up there on Sunday morning in your blue jeans and your shirt man and you bend over and you hug a little kid don't think people pulling in the parking lot don't see that sure so I had him film a little you know hey tell me what Jesus has done for you man and Amen. Hey, join him. it's just you know it's, it's inspiration you know it's all inspirational just keep them motivated good thank you what else what can you do what's something that you can do Well, one thing I'll tell you I'm doing in my life, I'm, I'm, uh, I took this year to really uh, focus on me and make sure I keep myself stronger. You know, that, uh, there's no way you can lead others where you're not. And so uh, I just learned, I'm just starting my sixth year in ministry. And last, in the beginning of this year, I just said, you know, Elder, you've been trying to do so much for others, you neglected your own yeah. self. Can't do that. Get caught up as a cog in the wheel, you know. I think we all need to, this is good for all of us in here that are ministering to other people. So I told my leaders that I brought, um, we brought, thank the Lord we brought 25 today and hopefully we'll bring 30 tomorrow. But um, I said, man, you need to get strong so that you can better minister to people. So investing in leaders is just key. Well, it is. And again, we minister out of the overflow what God's doing in our heart. Uh, I think it goes back to what you said a while ago. You know, I, you know, I don't work everybody. I make a habit every Sunday. I visit every class. Yep. I do it. Every That's time. so important. Mm-hmm. And, and even if I interrupt, they don't mind. They don't mind at all. Not at all. But I try to do that. Some That's so I good. Get, I get tied up and can't yep. do it. But, you know, I, I try to let them do it. It's something I started when I went there. And, and uh, even my Sunday school, my adult Sunday school, she's doing the same thing. That's so good. And she said, do you think it hurt for both those guys? I said, absolutely not. No. Just, she's new in the church. She said, they need to know who I am. Yeah. But that, that's one way that I'm doing, you know. And I think it's important we let them know that we're there for them. Yeah. Because sometimes they need resources and don't know where to go. Yeah. And I tell them, I'm, I'm your resource for it. I'm But we'll find what you need. And, uh, and I don't know if it's a good idea to go sit in the class and listen to them teach. I don't know if that... We intimidate him or not. I haven't done that yet since being a pastor. Sure. I intimidate him. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Ask him. Yeah. I mean, just say, hey, I'd love to come visit sometime. Yeah. What my uh, one of my group's guys does is he'll send an email um, that, that week or pick up the phone and call him or send him a text. Say, hey, I'm going to visit your class this Sunday. I'd love to just come in and spend some time. Just to let him know that, that, that he's coming. And he does the same thing. He tries to get around to all of them. My pastor challenged us the other day. Um, he says, use your drive time as call time to... Um, to, to just pick a few people to call, and and he and I start, so I've started doing that. Just some of our key leaders, you know, um, leaders that I that I connect with, or you know, and so what I'm trying to do now is is now we got you know we got all the hands free stuff is is I just you know pick up you know you know pick up the phone, but I just whenever I'm driving somewhere, I just call try to call one leader, and a lot of times I get their answering machine, and I'm not calling for the only purpose I'm calling is to say. Hey, Henry, how you doing? It's Lane. Just want to check on you. Everything going okay? Is there anything I can pray for you about? And I can't tell you how many times they've come back around and said, man, Lane, I, that's really, I appreciate that. I mean, I really appreciate that. I'm going to start writing anniversary cards. I've never done that before, but I love that. I'm going to do that. Now, I do birthdays, but I don't think that's, that's good. 
Yeah, most of my birthdays, I, most of my folks are on Facebook. So yeah. I do that. I do sure. those there. Most of, sure. most of them are, not all of them. Sure. I got some older people. It's always a, a key thing, too, to remind them, you know, is that, you know, that that's the, you know, as we love others, that's the first, that's the first person. Yeah. That you need to be practicing on. So Amen. Keep that triangle strong with yeah. Christ at the top of it. Like I said at the beginning, remember we calendar and, and fund what's important. Your group's ministry is worth both. I mean, it is. It's worth funding and it's worth calendaring because it's an opportunity to change lives. It's discipleship. And uh, man, oh man, I, I'm, like I said, I'm passionate about it. Um, anyway, any other questions or anybody have anything else you want to say before I close her out? I'm, I highly value life group leaders, man. Uh, next, in October 12th, we'll have, uh, we always have a uh, life group leader's picnic. My wife was asking me today, she said, do I need to put a sign up out front at 411 Press? I was like, no. I said, everybody's not invited to that. I said, this is for life group leaders and their families. It's, everybody's not coming to this picnic. Yeah. Yeah. I want them to know that, hey, they're special. They're doing something very few people in the church are doing. That's good. And I want them to know that. <laughs> I agree. Thank you. Thank How do you understand that? Is there a difference between a Sunday school group and a small group? Is it the same nah, thing? Same thing. It's just different name. Yes, sir. Or life group. Yeah. Yeah. Some on campus, some off campus. Yeah. Well, I've heard some people say that small group is actually someone who meets outside the church. And I think it's all semantics, whatever you say. You know, as long as it's an open group. You know, like you know, Sunday school, like they're all open groups. Closed groups would be more like a discipleship group or a you know a, a some sort of study. So, so along that line there. Good to find sure, so. sure. Tommy, would you pray for us as we finish? Yeah. Lord, you're good. And just, we come just to just to say thank you, Lord. Mm-hmm. As we come to commit our ways unto you, Lord, we see the task before us. You've called us to make disciples. As we've visited tonight and as we're here, we just want to hear from you and we, we want to honor you with what we say and what we do. So thank you for this time. Thank you for the leadership. Thank you for all the um, the thoughts, the principles, the ideas that have been presented. And I pray that you allow us to to be able to just to be able to review all of this and to clearly be able to hear from you, and then just to to be able to have some passion and some vision and to go forward, yeah. Lord. Lord, you've given us more than one thing to take away. So help us to to stay the course. Uh, that you tell us to let us not to become weary in doing good for the for we'll reap a harvest at the proper time if we don't give up. Mm-hmm. So this is worth worth dying for. It's, it's a hill that's worth dying for. And um, Lord, at the root of this is a relationship that we have with you and with one another. And so help this to be a priority, not just in our churches, but in your church. Yeah. And um, Lord, many. Many churches are going astray and going in other directions and following so many different trends. But I thank you um, for our leader here who um, reminds us and help us to help us to focus on your word, uh, to not just hear it, but do what it says. Right. In doing so, we'll be blessed, and then we're able to be transformed and and renewed by our mind being like yours, and then living it out, and then making disciples. So thank you for this time. Be with us as we um, head into worship. And I know um, the group from Bethlehem, Lord, use them and then just continue to speak through all the leaders here. Thank you for all the breakouts and uh, continue to be with us And as we come back tomorrow. Um, 
I'm just to be able to stay and continue to hear from you and then be able to live this out and to honor and glorify you with what we do say. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Oh, good rest of your night. Thank you all very much.